This week, I dream of a simpler time in Soul Society. And I try to find the true names of our Zampacto. Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we are back on the threes. That generally means that we are back on the big titles that gave new anime fan We Aboners for what anime could be to a new audience. This is a continuation of the anime that, if it were a sibling to the others, would be the edgy older brother that wouldn't let you touch the game controller. This episode is going to be interesting because what it is is a brand new story for the noob. It is a, actually a 16-year nostalgic trip down memory lane for the Wii. That's right, this week we tackled the Big Three's black robe, Japanese redhead with a sword-slashing way through Evan, the action shonen darling known as Bleach Season 2. But before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this episode? Uh, Rapunzel watcha, watches a whole bunch of shit go down from the tower. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like for such a badass character, she ends up being like the yeah, the like the Disney so, princess. Such a non-entity throughout yeah. like the yeah. first like 30 episodes of the season. Yeah, but yeah, we're supposed to be caring about Orihime's hairband. All right. So uh, <laughs> before we begin, we want to remind you that you're listening to us through our host site at anchor.fm slash podcast. But really, you can find us anywhere your podcasts are found. When you do, make sure you just give us a five, five, five star review. It'll help people listen to our shows. You can also follow us on social media. So Garrett, hit him with those handles. Absolutely. To check us out on Instagram, we're Wanwa Podcast and on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob. So when we tackle the big three again, Garrett, what we generally tend to do is we ask central questions. Uh, this week, uh, the, the second arc idea is going to be, are you getting it? Like, are you getting why this show is is important? I would generally have a second arc rule when it comes to anime that like, you will like it by the second arc. And so that's kind of the question. We're going to see if that holds true with this ep- with this season. Um, right. yeah. Well, the your your theory is sort of the let let the writers and even if it's a sitcom, the actors, but let everyone get into a groove. You're right. allowing them a little bit of an awkward Bambi walking phase, <laughs> um, and and then they if they're good, they will settle into something quite good. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you look back, I know, I think you finally have watched with your wife Parks and Rec. I remember the mm-hmm. first, I love the show. And I remember the first time I went to watch it, my friend who was a big fan said, skip the first season. It's like six mm-hmm. episodes. And I didn't. But the fact of the matter is, is there, there's some growing pains. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, like we always talk about, you know, um, um, Monkey D. Luffy and the crew of One Piece. And, you know, I think, would you say Arlong Park is the second arc? Yeah, there? that's the one where you're going to kind of get it. Like before they were just like a mismatch of people who don't know each other to now kind of understanding the central core of the show. Right. So basically we're going to um, talk about well, essentially season two, which is the first half of what I like to call the Rukia rescue arc, essentially. <laughs> and then this is the one that I really like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of a real, real trip down memory lane. Uh, Netflix has it listed as like basically entry 
is the first is second season two. They call it just entry. And mm-hmm. then the third season they call it the rescue. So uh, yes, has, they, they gave them very odd names. Yeah, exactly. So we're in the entry phase, which it sounds a little dirty, but it is literally uh, them trying to save Rukia and like trying not to get busted. It's like, it's kind of a heist movie in the beginning of this season. So, right. um, but before we do that, Garrett, I want to take you down a trip down memory lane. Um, I went to a particular school in Connecticut and uh, I had a job there. Um, when you and I weren't drinking, uh, I needed to uh, I needed to have money to pay for said drinks. And what I did was I worked for the student union at this school. And one of the things that they really wanted me to do because no one else wanted to do it was watch uh, the armory, which was this like away from the student union where people would wrestle and do karate, taekwondo, LARPing, pretty much anything where they needed mats and a mm-hmm. lot of space. And I didn't really have to do anything. It's not like I had to watch them do it. I just had to like open the door and close it at the end. So for three hours, I had literally nothing to do in these certain <laughs> evenings. And so whenever I think about Bleach season two and three, I think about those times where I'm sitting with my uniform, watching on my laptop seasons two and three of Bleach, and I remember distinctly there was this one LARPer that came in and was like, and I, I kid you not, Garrett, comes in with uh, elf ears and says, anime, huh? What a nerd. And I'm like, you're a LARPer. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, I, but I have like such there, distinct. Like, there is a hierarchy like, even within the nerddom. <laughs> I know. And like I have distinct, like I feel like it's 2006 all over again. But for you, all new thing. But before we go into like what it's all about. Like what you, you kind of gave me this beforehand, what tonally you said it was all different. Like talk me through that. Right. So um, in that same time period, uh, in addition to you watching anime, I remember Bleach was the first anime, was the first series. I'll yeah, the manga. Yeah. In which we were buying the manga. And I remember um, we had our good friend, uh, Travis Tavis, on the previous episode to discuss this show. And we talked about how we would sort of take turns buying the next book and we would go to, you know, it's suburban Connecticut. So there's not like a ton of Barnes and Nobles, but you'd go to every like store that you could to check out the manga section. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have the next one? Do you have the next one? Mm -hmm. Try and get people to order them. And they're like, Oh God, I'm not going to order this single book for you. Um, (laughs) It was not as easy uh, in the, in the, what we'll call the pre Amazon, uh, Amazon of the the country. Um, And I remember watch, uh, I remember when we, we first, entered talking about the show on episode 33 and i enjoyed it a lot and you and travis tavis said well get ready because it's never going to be like this again mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, wait what and so when i started watching this yesterday i honestly i didn't look anything up but i sat there and i watched and i watched and i kept saying to myself who the hell are these people again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really struggled and it wasn't until we, you know, you assigned us um, a like 11 episodes and I watched like nine of them mm-hmm. and it took until the second set of episodes that you had me watch where I started to like feel like I had my feet under me as to kind of what was happening. Right. And I know this was a hot take when I first brought it up when we did the first season in that. The show makes it seem as if you're going to be on Earth and you're going to go through the misadventures of this guy who somehow became 
a, for lack of a better term, Grim Reaper, kind of like Dead Like Me, the the anime version, essentially. And is that with Mandy Patinkin? Yes, exactly. When he sang a really bad so- song that like made the show jump the shark, and then he there's left also the show. this phenomenal scene where he's fake driving a car, and there's a green <laughs> screen screen behind him, and he's just like bouncing all around <laughs> the vehicle, and you're like, God, this is the worst acting I've ever seen. My wife loves that show. I love Dead Like Me. It's it's like a it, it holds a dear to my heart. But that's what you were thinking, right? Like. Him and his friends, Orihime, Chad, and later you meet the Quincy Uryu, um, Ishida. You're thinking to yourself, like, it's going to be about them saving Earth from, uh, you know, hollows. This season, there are no hollows. Mm-hmm. They're not on Earth. And they don't plan to be back for another two seasons. Uh, basically, what I feel happened is Tite Kubo, the author, started building this world that is soul society, the captains, the lieutenants, the squads, and that stuff became more exciting and interesting than what he made in the first season. And he's like, we're not going back to what I, what I, what I was setting up. I would say maybe it was more exciting to him. Right. Well, I think it's more exciting. And I think this part of it is a little bit of the, like, get you set up. It's kind of the, it's kind of like one season one B now. Because once you get to like the, the themes of Biakia and all that stuff, I really, really like it. And I also made you skip a few things. So once again, we're talking about season two. Um, here are some things, though, that we have to talk about before we get into what you watched is that we started at season one and then we went to season two. But I didn't want you watching the whole thing because, you know, that's not feasible for both of us to do this weekly to have you watch 21 episode seasons. So I had you skip a few parts. And so what we're not going to be able to, we're just going to kind of pass through are a few things. The first is that we talked about Chad and Orihime, that they're kind of like Earthlings that are friends with, uh, you know, Ichigo. But now they have powers for some reason. They don't explain mm-hmm. how they get them. Uh, Chad has now has a purple mega fist, Odoom, and Orihime now has six fairies on her on her headband that do stuff for her. Right. And then we also meet another guy whose name is Urio Ishida, who is from what's called the Quincy. And I don't know if you remember that because we did brush over it. Um- uh, Kyle, I believe it's called Kinsey. <laughs> Is that what they called it, a Kinsey? No, no. Isn't that what you... Fools up in Boston call Quincy. <laughs> well, Quincy is Quincy. It's with Quincy. Z, 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 Z. Yeah, we want to make sure you know, folks. It's not Quincy. It's Quincy, Massachusetts. Sure. But, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uryu, who is now a uh, jacked Usopp. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely true. They're basically special humans. And the way they explain it is that, like, the spirit world is full of particles. And these humans can, like, pull them and make bows and arrows out of them. Uh, they were like, hey, we'll help you shinigami out and destroying the hollows. But, like, when they do, and instead of sending their souls to heaven, effectively destroyed the hollow wholesale. Like they threw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm. And like the Shinigami was like, well, that's bad. We want souls to be circulating because for some reason, and this is something we'll, we'll jump back into is like the idea of like death and birth in soul society. And like, you know, are you a do you die as and become the same person? Or some people seem like they're born as a dead person. I don't know. And so the Shinigami basically massacred them or really didn't give them any help when they were being attacked by hollows and they pretty much were down to uh, Uryu. So he's like the one remaining Quincy and uh, he's, uh, you know, you know, that's, that's his jam, but he doesn't like the, doesn't like the Shinigami, but he likes he re- and respects Ichigo and the rest. So he kind of sticks around. And then Rukia, as you'd mentioned before in the intro is kind of like unbadassed in this season. Like, as you said, like she is, was a cool character you know she's kind as you said she's kind of the gruff tomboy character um but she's also uh in this one she's like princess peach she's in another castle 
the whole season. <laughs> yep. And and she's not even like actively looking out over anything. She's just like sensing things up there. It's it's she's really just... a, a tragic turn for her character. Right. It's like the, the like the woman that has like a sailor husband and like hangs out at that one window area and just like pines I... for her husband to come back. That's what she like does for two seasons. I would actually argue that there's a fair amount of misogyny going on here because uh-huh. uh, they completely spay her character right right? and then even in like the 10 episodes i watched orihime is like a a non-issue yeah yeah Uh, and then there's several characters who have like female assistants and they openly mock them for what women (laughs) can and can't do right yeah and there's and there's definitely one character uh the uh squad eight captain who is uh, having an Andrew Cuomo moment, we'll call it in in 2021 with his <laughs> with his lieutenant. But we'll go into that a little later. Yep. And so basically, uh, Rukia is uh, was captured by the Sixth Division, whose captain is her actual brother, and the lieutenant is her friend of many many years. Uh, for giving Ichigo power. Basically, you stabbed this human, gave him power, we're arresting you, and we're going to put you in, in you know, Grim Reaper prison and then execute you. Um, and so the guru is just kind of breaking into heaven slash soul society to free her. And it's basically the season two is the, you know, the the we're sneaking around, we're splitting up, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing we, we get through is that we meet this character named Ganju Shiba, who with his sister Kiku are like, fireworks makers in like this is, like i don't know it's it's heaven but like you have occupations still you have to like pay the bills <laughs> and so there was they, was that the woman was that the woman with the watermelon chest yes the woman with the massive breasts and and cleavage and and also a giant cannon which she uses to shoot them into soul society because they get kind of kicked out the first way so we kind of glossed over that part even the meeting of jin Ich ichimaru we pass by but we get into him later so we started you at episode 26 and 28. They all split up from their cannonball. They all end up in different locations. Like what happens in 26 to 28, which is what I made you go uh, through. So what happens, Garrett? Well, what, what I really love is, so they decide the best way to get into this heaven type area is like a cannon via like <laughs> the Space Mountain at Euro Disney. <laughs> That, that starts by, like, launching you up a cannon. And as they're, like, breaking in through the atmosphere, they start to break up. And they have, like, they have this very uh, interesting, like, Sistine Chapel moment mm-hmm. where they're all, like, in the sky reaching for each other, but <laughs> no one's actually successful in grabbing one another. I know. It was, like, two episodes. This is why I had you skip this episode. Like, two episodes were dedicated to, like, can they make the cannonball? That was, like, literally two episodes. And I was like, you got, you can skip that one. Uh, so they, and you said, they're, like, trying to reach for each other. They all split up, and it ends up being Uryu Ishida the Quincy with uh, the big-chested Orihime on one corner. Then you got Chad who got sent off by himself. Uh, the the gruff-speaking cat, Yoruichi, gets sent off in another direction. Salem? Yeah. <laughs> Salem. <laughs> You're right. You just needed to be more snide and stuff like that. More, more, <laughs> more one-liners and then it would be pretty much Salem. And then Ichigo went another way. And Ichigo, and that's when we're introduced to our first uh, Shinigami that we meet, and that is Ikaku Midorame and Yumichika Ayasegawa from the 11th Division. And talk us through like their characteristics, what they're up to. Well, so one of the things that I really wish that they would do here is so I understand there's a bunch of squads, and I understand that every squad has a captain, 
and then the, the right hand man or woman is the lieutenant. Right. But they hopped over and introduced so many characters, mm-hmm. so many random squads. And then I started to think, okay, there's all these squads. It's probably like One Piece, like Mr. Four, Mr. Three. Right, right, where right. The closer you get in either direction is going to denote how powerful these squads and people are. Right. No, the no. like through 30 episodes, the most powerful we find is like the captain of the freaking 11th squad. 11 of 13, right. And it's such yeah. a random number too. It's like 11 of 13 is the best um and then his and this people that we meet are not even the captain or lieutenant they're like the third seat and the fifth seat of of right so they're not Uh, even like members of kaku looked like moby he does he's got the and they make his his bald head shine multiple times throughout the season (laughs) and he is stoked that he gets to stab someone man this guy loves to fight he's got guy liner bald head both of Mac really have guy liner, but one guy has like guy liner and, and feather eyebrows, which I don't know how that functions. On oh, an that's eyelash. right. The one who thinks he's so pretty. Right. He's so pretty. <laughs> oh, so you me, chica. If you've, ever, if you've ever read like the player's handbook, he's he's like the, the <laughs> epitome of peacocking. He's mystery. He's mystery teaching you how to how to get the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the, what is it called? Oh, there's a, what was it? It was called the what was it called the the artist the pickup artist he's he's doing pickup artistry. <laughs> yes, the pickup artist. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah so these two are like ready to fight and it's basically Ichigo and Genju Shiba the fireworks maker are stuck there and this is like I think the reason why I picked this episode to start with is because it really introduces what Bleach ends up being henceforth and that is sword reveals and i said this last time it's basically like it starts off that everybody has a katana but then everybody like reveals what their katana does and then it becomes a fight over who's cooler katana does the cooler thing at the right time and they win so let's let's so ikaku ikaku and and um ayasegawa both show off theirs in this episode and so let's talk through like, yeah, like what happens? How does someone make their sword more badass, essentially? Give, give, let's see if you remembered anything from it. All right. So here's what I remember from it. Right, um, right, right. So Kaku ends up, so Ikaku and uh, Yumichika mm-hmm. end up splitting up, right? Right. Um, so the, the uh, Ikaku ends up fighting Ichigo, who is our uh, orange-haired, Right, uh, protagonist and Yuichika ends up trying to chase down um, what was Ganju, Ganju, Ganju Shiba, yeah. Um, and which was just like my favorite part that Uryu keeps falling into like the trash compactor, yeah, yeah. It's basically well, his name's Ganju, Ganju is the is the in Uryu is the is the Megane Quincy, but uh, oh, Ganju, sorry, 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 Ganju, Ganju keeps. Yeah, he's basically, Ganju is the jacked. Uh, he's basically like the Joker. He just like walks around, like throws a bomb at him, and then runs away. Like that's his 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 strategy against this this fifth division guy. Well, I actually kind of like his power in that he can create. He can sort of um, turn items that are in front of him, below him, around him into sand. So yeah. he can keep like going through floors. He can go through right. walls. He you could you could almost say he's creating his own portals. Right. Um, by by turning it into sand and then and then entering and exiting through it 
But basically, this is kind of introducing to the idea of Shikai, and they explain a little bit more when he fights the 11th Division captain is, and this is important, right? Mm-hmm. What gets a Bleach nerd super excited is to talk about Shikai and Bankai. You don't know about Bankai yet, but Shikai is essentially, you have to learn the name of your sword. And I like this when I heard this because when you watch anime, the one thing you kind of like don't ever, it just like kind of passes by your, your brain without really thinking about it is why people keep calling out their attacks. Like there's no reason for Luffy to go to scream Gomu Gomu no pistol when he throws a punch. Right, and just actually, punch somebody. Just, just, straight, just throw, throw your hands, homie. Like don't bother screaming what you're going to do first. Mm-hmm. And also there'll be a disadvantage. This kind of like, gives it good lore as to why they do it basically your sword your 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 zanpakuto is your soul uh, as your weapon and your weapon has a name so it's like a living being within you which we learn later about about ichigos and you basically have to call out its command and you have to say its name and it will become like a better version of itself it'll become its true self um you know, I, I guess that's what it is. Destiny's child commands you to say my name, say my name. <laughs> when no one is around you. If, if Beyonce is in it, I'll you. And yeah, Zambato is slay Beyonce. And he pulls it. <laughs> and then like her fans come and beat you up. That would be a great Chikai. But <laughs> the Bayhive. <laughs> the Bayhive. Yeah. Slay Beehive is <laughs> the Chikai of, the, of Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> so the first, so the reason what we're gonna do is as we kind of go through each character, and like because really a lot of these are just fights, essentially, uh-huh. is we're gonna go through like the Zompakto that you see. And whether we think they're cool or not, like rate them a one to 10 out of, and we'll kind of do this as we keep watching Bleach. The first one we meet is, see, is Ikaku's, which is called Ozoki Maru, which means winter cherry. Mm -hmm. And its command is lengthen, which is a little provocative. Uh, Garrett, tell me what happens when Ozoki Maru uh, comes comes, uh, into existence. Right. Uh, So he has a, uh, if I recall, a regular blade, but it ends up extending into sort of a a long staff with a blade at the end of it. So now, in addition to just being a sword, he has the ability to use it for, I mean, he's like Donatello yeah. <laughs> Turtles with a sword at the end. Of he is down. Donatello. But then he becomes Michelangelo later. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> now this long staff is able to break up into Nunchuku. No, um, into... There was uh, a name for it, I forgot, but you're right. It's like a three-section staff with chain in between. So imagine like a mega nunchuck. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's what i would call it it's like a mega, a mega, nunchuk. <laughs> mega nunchuk so it's like you're like seven feet tall yep. and it makes it even more badass with um, the blade at the end <laughs> i i thought this one was pretty cool i thought it was cool too and i think like eventually down the line you're gonna realize that some of these unpacked do get insane with what they well, can yeah, do it also, it's nice like, it's just like a different weapon i love I that that's just it. that you can't like create like realistically you can't create matter to extend a weapon right but in like a world of where you're trying to be cool but also seem reasonable <laughs> yeah this seemed reasonable yeah it's, it was a good starting point my favorite part about this weapon as well and this one gives it a uh so give it your score like what do you score hozoki maru uh, i don't know i think this is cool i think it's seven and a half i'll give it a seven too it's a pretty it's pretty and my favorite part about this weapon is that it also had like neosporin in it <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, it had, skip so, it. I think it's called skimp it. I think is the, is the thing. Skip dick. 
Styptic, right? Yeah. Have you ever had styptic? I use it on my cat's nails when we cut too close to the quick. You, it right, stops and the it comes yeah. in like a little vial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When when I used to get, uh, whenever you go to like barber shops and you get like a hot towel shave, yeah, it's styptic there so that if they cut you, they can just like uh, put it on the wound. Right. So it's like it, it can be mega nunchucks. It's got its own first aid kit. <laughs> I, I, I love. Sorry to give it away, guys, but ultimately when Ichigo beats up an Ikaku and Ikaku's bleeding out everywhere, he wakes up and he's basically encrusted in styptic. <laughs> he's like, "Sorry, he's I used to ball your. You. I used to ball your new porn, bro. Sorry, I'll go to CVS <laughs> later." <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I give that one pretty cool, and I like it. It lengthened and it gives it away. It's um do it how do i get do i get winter cherry from that no um i don't know but Ooh, la, la, I, cool winter cherry <laughs> with life savers. Oh. <laughs> great commercial and then as ganju's being chased around and uh uh ayasegawa uh yumichika catches up with ganju he he uh, releases his and his release is bloom Fuji Kukaku, which means Wisteria Peacock. So, so let's talk through that one. What is what does that one do? Do you remember that one? Uh, it, if I'm not mistaken, it essentially just turns like one blade into like what looks like five long fingernail blades on the sword, right? Yeah, I had to I had to look this up on the wiki. It's called the Falks. F-A-L-X. Really impractical. Yeah, like you take basically a scythe and then you just kind of like fan it out. <laughs> It just seems like I, I thought one would do, but like four, I guess, would be nice. Doesn't do anything special. It's just a better blade, I guess. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's it's, and I don't know what makes it wisteria. I don't know. I guess the peacock makes sense with what it is. But what would you rate this one? I thought this one was a little bit lame. I'm gonna give it a four. Uh, four and a half. Yeah, yeah, I'll give. That would you same. give it? Yeah, I gave it a four. So oh, okay. So Ben basically Ichigo has a long two episode fight with I- Ikaku. Ganju tricks Ayasegawa and gets a, gets away. Um, and so basically they're able to kind of move on. Um, Ikaku gets in trouble for, for, you know, basically letting a human get past him, even though he's a third seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so then we're kind of like bouncing around with different people, what they're doing. And so Orihime and Uryu, the Quincy, end up fighting this other guy who has another uh, sword and he's very boastful. He says he's the brother of the gate captain, even though he's like a 10th of the height of him. And uh, his thing is called, he says, spread your wings, Tsunzaki Garasu or splitting crow. Do you remember this one? It's like, he basically, in order to activate it, he puts his hand on top no, of the blade. Did, I don't remember it, but did he borrow it from R. Kelly? Probably. Spread your wings and fly away. <laughs> Oh my god! No, I don't um, remember this one. I, I, I believe Ashika. While we're on the on the call here, just to see what this looks like. Yeah. So basically, what happens is is that he takes the sword and to activate it, he has to like put his hand on top of it and like push down. Which I'm like, whoa, that is that is a do or die oh, kind of thing. I know why I don't remember this because he died so quickly. Yeah. He well, he doesn't or die they so much. Him. They beat him. They so beat quick. him, and then they take away his ability to become a Shinigami again, which is actually I think worse than death in this world. Like. Right. You had position and status, and now you're just like a nobody who can't do anything. Um, and that one, basically, you, mm-hmm. you turn your sword into ninja stars that you can control on your, you know, kind of like with tele- telepathy. So what did you think about this one? Yeah, five. Yeah, I gave it five. It's pretty down the road. So basically, the guys, they're able to beat their particular people. Um, they move on, and I have you skip, like, some other stuff, especially the part where um, 
uh, Ichigo beats Renji Abarai. Um, and I know this, I, I think I miscounted on this for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause this video, this thing right now, mm -hmm. and I'm going to show you Renji's uh, Shikai, what it does. And uh, we'll talk over that one next. Mm -hmm. So I just showed you uh, Zabi Maru, which is uh, a release is a growl, a howl, Zabi Maru, which means snake tail, which makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, so tell me, like, what did you think of his blade? Uh, it was like a sword version of the human caterpillar. No, um, <laughs> asked a mouth blade. Was, uh, <laughs> no, you, you said it better. It was like a saw blade that had the ability to detach, not detach, but to extend into different sections, almost like a plumbing snake. Yeah, and, uh, it's a roto rooter blade. Yeah. So yeah, so you I, know what it kind of reminded me of? Do you remember like the jump ropes from like elementary school that yeah. had just like they were like a string in them but yeah. they had like uh plastic around them yes. uh it, it kind of reminded me of that but no yeah zombie maru yeah 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 zombie maru zombie, Mar zombie maru is yeah he so i i like it it's like a saw blade mixed with a whip i think it's pretty badass so what do you think about that one what do you give that as a score <sighs> well considering the damage that it did yeah it basically he can cut shoulders like an, nobody's business uh how about an eight and I'll I give it an eight, eight too. because it appeared to have maximum damage ability. Uh, yeah. It was functional. Um, I could absolutely see. Ooh, imagine like like think about like the real world. If you had a sword where it kept like a magnetic field so that mm. it would stay together as a sword, but when you hit a button, it released the magnetic mm -hmm. field and allowed it to like detach and sort of get like that whip action. Right. But you could just re-engage it and bring it back in. And I realize that I'm trying to apply like real world <laughs> physics to, to some otherworldly fighting. Right, right, right. Uh, but it means something to me. So it reminds it, me of the character Ivy from um uh what's it called? Soul Calibur, which I used mm. to play drunkenly with our good buddy Tavis as well. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's like a whip slash where I like it a lot. Um, it gets more badass as the show continues. Uh, but this is kind of its starter phase. And mm -hmm. Renji basically is torn because he wants to follow the rules, the law. He wants to follow his his responsibilities, but he's also been really close friends with Rukia. Specifically, they were all bums in the street, and she was adopted by this very high quality family in the in the Kuchigi family who uh, her brother or, or adoptive brother is uh, you know, the captain of. And so she was able to elevate and he was able to get through the Shinigami Academy. So they're like really close blood fr friends and stuff like that. And so he's fighting this, like he's fighting his responsibility with his care for Rukia. And he's like, taking it out on Ichigo because like, if it wasn't for you getting this power from her, she'd be here with me and not, I wouldn't have to put her in prison. She wouldn't have to get executed. It's all your fault. And like, they're like fighting and fighting and fighting. And eventually he just like gives up, gets, gets beat. And he goes, all right, man, go save her. And then he just passes out. So now, let me very... ask you, they keep referring to Ichigo and everyone else as Ryo Ryoka. Right. right. Is that like an interloper or. Um, it's a, it, it's, it's a term. It means traveling evil. Oh. Um, it's basically someone who enters soul society without any help from the, uh, from the Shinigami. So it's basically, you came in without your papers, you know, and if they were to build a wall, no, um, they basically, <laughs> they already have a wall. So it doesn't matter with, with giants, uh, guarding the gate, but basically, yeah, it's, it basically means like an evil presence. That's not supposed to be there. And you meet, right. It means like interloper, uh, invader, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, but yeah, so his is pretty cool. Uh, and we then later find out that uh, we, we kind of meet the other squads. Now, I, I made you skip a few other things and just start with the part with uh, episode 34. And I want to really dive into like the idea of squads, whether or not you got like lost in the, in the sauce, so to speak with this idea, because I think it's an important thing, but mm-hmm. I also feel like there's just so much of it in the beginning that it's hard to like follow. So like, what did you gauge from the idea of the squads? I, fe- I felt like Charlie day and it's always sunny. And I've made this <laughs> reference before where I've got like a whiteboard in front of me and I'm trying desperately to connect the dots as to what it all means. Uh, I'm looking through your notes here and they're, I understood there was a, a bunch of squads. Yeah. I didn't know that there was 13, but I knew that there was at least 11. Right. And yes, I knew that for some reason that will probably never be explained that the fourth squad is the medics. Yes. <laughs> no reason. Just after the medics. And you know, what's funny is that like the squads, three or three of them have like, like actual duties, like three or four of them have actual duties, but like the rest of them were just there. Like Squad 3, which Ginny Chimar is a part of, and Squad 5, which which Aizen is part of, there's, like, no thing that they do. They're just, like, there. <laughs> but, like, 4 is specifically where healthcare happens, right? 11 right. is specifically, right. like... So, we, like, why do the other ones not have specific tasks? I don't know. It's, it never gets explained, and it actually kind of bothers me. They could have, they could have like, given everything a thing, or they could have made less squads and made them all different things, but then they just, like, added all these characters. But... They're the, the the 13th squads, uh, the Gote 13, they're called, are essentially police force of heaven. Um, each one has a captain and lieutenant. So if you see someone at listed as a captain, you know they're like the biggest badasses of this world. Um, and then once they found out like the captain lieutenant system, and that means you essentially have like 26 characters you're supposed to know, they're like, we'll just kind of follow these groups around. Right. Uh, right. Like and let's not forget that those first people we met, like Ikaku and yeah. his feathery eyebrowed brethren, were not neither captains nor were no. they lieutenants. Yeah, lieutenants. Yeah, yeah. And then we learned <laughs> the eleventh division is the melee only division. Um, there, we'll kind of talk through the squads that you've seen. Uh, the captain uh, is Zaraki Kimpachi, who is. Uh, he just loves to fight and he loves, he's got an eye patch. He yep. apparently, according to his bio every day, like spikes his hair up really big. Like the, the, uh, rhythm guitarist from good Charlotte <laughs> and adds bells to each spike. And he's just a wild looking dude. Kind of leather daddy. Is- <laughs> the fact that no one knows anyone in good Charlotte that isn't one of the Maddens. <laughs> Yeah, the two You're twin like brothers. The, one of the guys that isn't the Madden brothers. <laughs> yeah, not, not Benji and not Joel, but one <laughs> of the other ones. So, uh, Benji is the is the weird punk look hair one, right? I think. I don't know. Well, who cares? I don't know. One of them married <laughs> and had kids. One of them's with Nicole Richie and one of them's with Cameron Diaz, I believe. Oh, God. They don't deserve anything. So, basically... He's the 11th division captain and he's kind of running around because he wants to get to Ichigo first. He wants to fight. Right. He wants to kill things. The, their group is the melee only division. They don't do any, they don't like doing any superpowers. They're just the weapons using weapons only kind of division. That's their right. jam. And now Kyle, if I may interject quickly, Ikaku was from the 11th division, right? Yes. Because but he's not a Ikaku, um, who if 
those listening at home, I know we, we throw a lot of names out there yeah, and there's yeah. a lot to follow here. We'll it call was him hard for me and I watched the actual show. Right. Kaku was, we described him as the bald guy with the eyeliner. He was the first guy that Ichigo beat. Um, he had the, the long, uh, like bow staff that turned yeah. into a sword that turned into a nunchuck when he was laying on the ground as Ichigo was leaving. He said of your crew of the Ryoka, who is the strongest? And Ichigo modestly goes, uh, probably me. <laughs> Why? And he goes, watch out for my boss. My boss has no interest in weaklings. Mm-hmm. My boss wants to fight the best, so he will mm-hmm. come for you. Right. And he's led by his... That's Kenpachi. Kenpachi, which is a title, not his name. And so uh, you get... And his, yep. his lieutenant is this like pink-haired cherubic baby girl who's on his shoulder all the time and the reason why he doesn't get to Ichigo sooner is because she gives him the worst directions <laughs> like literally an obvious like corner that has no <laughs> wall there which speaking of the corridors in here another, another aside is that whenever they ran through the corridors and like they kind of made them look like they were like going around corners and stuff didn't it remind you of like yep. the old windows 98 screensaver where it was like a maze and you would just kind of like turn and hit a little, little corners bit. it looked like that like that kind of thing i was kind of like amazed by the like the lack of quality albeit it was like the early 2000s well um, cuz you know the animation what they're doing is they're taking a still frame set photo right. which the hallway and then they're just animating the character running down the right. hallway i mean right they, they did some weird crap with arms too yeah. like, like running behind him and it looked <laughs> like levers going up and down was- <laughs> yeah and so so that's the 11th division we meet them then we also uh meet uh i'm just gonna go through the ones as they appear uh, because you met the sixth division earlier with Renji and uh, Byakuya Kuchiki, who is Rukia's brother. And he is kind of a D bag. He uh, does not care that it's his sister that's getting arrested. In fact, he wants more to execute his sister because it's his sister. Like, he's like, I am such a paragon of virtue. I am such a virtue signaler, as the right wing is to say, that I will not allow even my own family to be above the law. And so he's kind of like the, the D bag, but he's also so handsome. <laughs> I didn't think he was. I Here's, I don't know if this means I literally saw the animation and I went, that guy's a jerk. And I bet Kyle's going to say he's dra- drawn so handsomely. He is drawn very he, handsomely. He's got like these two weird side <laughs> dreads that yes, don't make any sense to me. They're, they're fancy, like, old-fashioned japanese hairlets so <laughs> dreamy and then the soy in my show you ramen <laughs> it makes me lengthen hosoki maru um so <laughs> so basically uh him and, and then renji he's such a jerk that like renji's like out of it he's like gotten stabbed by ichigo and he's like throw that jerk in jail he should have waited for someone else to show up he he blew it he should go to jail too and i'm like wow this guy is strict but he's so handsome and then there's also <laughs> <laughs> then we meet the guy who has very obvious i'm the bad guy face uh jin ichimaru uh <laughs> we meet in the beginning because he he doesn't he, he's kind of considered sketchy in the beginning because he essentially kicks them out of the um, of the gate Yep. without killing them and just like walks away and so everyone's like well why didn't you 
take him out? Why didn't you capture him? Why didn't you kill them? And he just doesn't say anything about it. Let me ask you, is the blonde guy ever usually the good guy in these things? I mean, no, he's blonde. He has a sharp chin and he's always smiling. He's got the like, like squinty eyes too. He's never like really opens his eyes too. He's got very clear, like, you know, I'm the bad guy face, (laughs) you know? And he's like also very like, snaky when he talks and all that mm-hmm. stuff and he always says things that are like you know if someone's like what what do <laughs> yeah, you yeah yeah he's the guy that like if he fart in an elevator instead of going like it wasn't me he'd be like what 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 do you mean it was me he's the guy that like so clearly i like, smell nothing but roses that's him he's the farter in the elevator who who, do- who doesn't try to hide it but tries to be coy about it um, and <laughs> so the third division doesn't really do with any, anything important. Kira is the mopey emo blonde guy that's with him. Um, we also see the fourth division. We don't really see the captain all that much. Uh, she's just like a nice lady with a braid in her hair. But we do meet like a low, low, low level guy who has a very clear like uh, voice for the entire show. <sighs> he's so annoying. But he's also like super important because he he's cares for Rukia. He's like her caretaker. He's basically her gopher who to grab food for her and feed her and treat her and all that stuff. But like he gets, this is the healthcare division guy, right? Yes. He's like the 12th seat of the, of the healthcare division. So he's like the weakest of the week. You know what, you know what he freaking reminded me of? What was it? Metal gear solid or no, it was, it was siphon filter where like the final level of the game was you had to get through a level, but you had like a bot following you that you also (laughs) had to protect. It was an escort mission. Useless. Yeah. The classic escort mission in video games. That's what this guy is, but he knows the sewers, which apparently people poop in this world too. Cause there's a sewer system. Apparently there's dead people feces. Like, Apparently everybody does poop, Garrett. I didn't know that, but <laughs> so yeah, the fourth division, healthcare division, they're kind of weak. They get kind of kicked around too. Like you would think you wouldn't, you know, mess around with nurses and doctors at, at this point, but in this right. place, they're like, you suck. You can't swing your sword, people who heal us all. Uh and another people group we meet is the fifth division, who is run by a just an affable, nice guy. No, 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 no. That's not what you have him described. What, how do I have it right at, written as Garrett? An affable glasses daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a glasses daddy. He's very clearly the like, let me hug you in my big broad shoulders. I don't know how this got so homoerotic, but you know, Bleach does that to me. You know and I'm saying I'm fanning it off. Um, and he's yeah. got a cute cherubic sweetheart named Momo Hinamori who's with him. So um, Hinamori is his actual like uh, lieutenant. romantic yeah, interest? No, lieutenant. lieutenant. But she's like, she's like very unsure of him herself. And he's very like supports her, but he's also got his eye on Jin. He's like, he's like, this guy is sketchy. And he's like, huh, a lot of alarms came to be happening around you, Gin. And he's like, Gin, of course, is farting in the elevator going, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like that kind of guy. And yeah, and so this leads to why I made you watch it was this is an important foil. This is where things start to go sideways. It's no longer Ichigo is trying to rescue Rukia. There's also like this weird mystery side story. So t- tell me what happens. Right. So so as we know it, we have Ichigo, his our orange-haired dude, and his crew, and they are breaking into heaven. Yes. Wherever we are. <laughs> They're not so and they're trying to rescue rukia and all these squads are fighting him 
And he, and by the way, the first, the first captain, the general of the first division, which is like the top division, it's like literally like, guys, take out your weapons, have them with you at all time, and use them. Just like shoot to kill. He is like very clear, like, like enough of this nonsense. He, he raised the level to like DEFCON, whatever. I forget. It goes the reverse way. Yeah. DEFCON two or one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's just like, nuke him. But, uh, oh, okay. So, so that would be one story and that would be enough. Yeah. But now it appears that during all of the hullabaloo, during all of the chaos, that nefarious forces are starting to roll out a different plan. Right. That there might be dissent or deception right. within the ranks of the, mm-hmm. the squads. And we find this when uh, Captain Azen. Uh, the affable glasses daddy. The glasses uh, daddy, yes. Writing in his um, in his office, and Hinamorio uh, comes in, and she falls asleep. And you know, she falls asleep. She feels comfortable. She's in there with her captain, and she wakes up, and he's not there. The next morning, and she goes out to the courtyard, and Captain Azen, who is a very capable, uh, yeah, he's a captain. He's like a top tier captain. captain. Yeah, uh, is. Sp- Spiked through the heart on the bell tower. And now it's a detective anime. Yes, Garrett, I'm in. Let's roll. <laughs> I, I'm I have to tell you that uh the sorry, we're not gonna uh we're not gonna get a clean rating on this episode. Right. Up until this moment, I was at um zero f- given right, right in the moment he got spiked i was like "Ooh, tell me more right and i think and i think that's where i wanted to get you to this place because i think the second arc really picks up right at this point where eisen's found on the top of the tower and it's not less about like let's get the bad let's get the 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 ryoka let's get the ryoka and now it's more like something's afoot someone is planning something bad and we got to figure out what's going mm-hmm. on so now allegiances are changing allegiances are shifting people's true characters are coming out so people are not doing are taking advantage of the situation albeit they're not like the ultimate bad guy they're like just like oh well, all everybody's doing this i'll just guess i'll do this and you would you know if there's like 13 squads running around it's hard to keep track of all of them anyway so i think for me that is the real uh you know the real part of it is like uh you know the the, the it, it tends to be a straightforward narrative and then it becomes really crazy and then mm-hmm. so the last thing we'll talk about before we kind of end off on this show is like the understanding of Ichigo fighting Kenpachi. And I don't know how far you got into it, but Kenpachi shows up and he's looking like, you know, Benji from good Charlotte with an eye patch and a choke collar and bells on his hair. And he's like, he's like, are you the one that I got to fight? And Ichigo's like, yeah, let's do this thing. And Kenpachi pulls out his sword and it's like beat up to hell. It's like there's right. there's no sheen or goodness to it. But he and when he goes to stab Ichigo, it literally goes through Ichigo's sword like it was butter ultimately. And what we're finding out is that it is it is it you have it's your soul. It's like you being in touch with your soul. And his is just so strong that right. he can literally just like force his will into you and that's what makes the sword so right so when like ichigo gets closer and closer to where rukia is in the prison Mm -hmm. he gets to the top of this like platform and he is almost like weighed down by the 
energy mm-hmm. that Kenpachi is like putting out there. And what's crazy about Kenpachi is that everything that's going on, as you find out later in the fight, is that he has severely handicapped himself. Like if this was a blonde woman running down to give herself, she'd be wearing the weighted ha- ankle weights. Right. She's like wearing the, right. the two, the two pink fives, but she's also got like a shoulder, like a weighted right. vest. And to expound upon that for the people at home, Kyle talked about his hair before with the bells on it. Yeah. He wears the bells because he's so quick. He wants to give his opponents the advantage of hearing the mm-hmm. bells in advance and his eye patch not blind in that eye no not at all he put it on to like so people stood a chance well what's crazy is that his eye patch is like on the other side is a bunch of little mouths going like and that like eats his his energy so he's constantly having like teeth munching on his on his soul power which i think is just wild that just gotta be uncomfortable all around and 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 like so he's like when he got serious he took off his eye patch and now his like crazy insane uh, leather daddy energy is coming out. They're all daddies, by the way. Yep. You got the you got the glasses daddy. You got leather daddy. Yep. Uh, you got you got the handsome guy. Um, and and at the end of these episodes, we get uh, Coco Beware meets <laughs> Daryl from <laughs> from Coming to America. <laughs> Let your soul glow. So glow. <laughs> but he's blind too. He's all that, and he's blind. Also, he's Lavar Burton. He's from from Star Trek. He's Lavar Burton. With with soul glow hair, and, oh my god! So, <laughs> but we'll definitely get to that guy later. Um, so they have a fight, and I don't know how, but Ichigo ends up going into his own body and literally finally meets his soul, who's like, by the way, I've been like screaming my name at you, so you would know what my name is. That can give you the power that you need to fight this mofo or fight anybody. And it's like this guy with like thin glasses and a and a five you know five o'clock shadow and like he's in this weird oh he was city. that smoky gambit like yes in the, the episode that and he's I like know. i'm your soul i'm your soul and then also what we find is that there's a hollow spirit ichigo in there as well and he's like well i'm gonna fight to make you better and all that stuff and and there's just like a lot of this is where you start to realize like he's gonna be like the john snow where like he's like a targaryen and a stark and he's like a this and a that and he's like everything so Ichigo eventually finds out that his his sword's name is Zangetsu, uh, which is always in Chikai, so he never has to call its name out. And after getting royally muffed by Kenpachi, he learns Zangetsu's name and throws his his, Gonze- his Zangetsu power at him, his blue uh, you know moon cutter at him, and finally wins. And that's where we kind of leave off for this episode. So, what did you think of this like? power up idea that it's less about like a training montage like you'd get with with like one piece but it's more like getting in touch with yourself and finding out who you are and your and the name of your soul was that it's another path to get to the same result right yeah it's 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 doing shonen maybe slightly differently in a more edgy way that maybe is a little deeper it's like a 16 year old goth kid doing poetry it's like they think there's exactly (laughs) It's, it's like someone it's like a goth kid writing poetry (laughs) the deepest art in the yeah and they're like in their head going like oh in the swamp of my misery i find my heart's control (laughs) the world is black and i never see the light (laughs) while the luffy kids walking around going like what a great day i'm having to play outside (laughs) so gummo gummo good feelings (laughs) Gummu, gummu, I'm well adjusted. 
so that's essentially and then what the way we leave off and when we talk, when we'll meet again for season three they get rukia out but then she meets um they see byakuya who kicks the, all their butts and then gets rukia back and that's when like the, the, the season- oh man so all season two is for nothing Pretty much, but it's kind of just one half of one part of the. So arc. glad we killed off all those characters. Yeah, seriously. So, uh, yeah. So the first question is what we're going to ask is what we ask every week is would you keep watching? But but I guess really the question is like, are you getting Bleach's essence? Because I feel like you got more of an idea of what Bleach is going to be all about so with this. Season. I legitimately liked season one, and I yeah. like the stuff on Earth. So I'd say the first like four or five episodes you had me watch in season two, it actually lost me, and I was like, nope done mm-hmm. yeah then it became a detective mystery and i'm way more interested in that yeah. but i gotta be honest with you i care so much about who killed captain eisen we know who killed captain eisen <laughs> or, or fart elevator but <laughs> but I, I i'm not there with caring about ichigo yet but that's fine because yeah. they've got two storylines as long as i find one of them interesting i'll hang in there yeah and i think you know the way our our format kind of got in the way too because you get less of like into like finding Rukia because you didn't get to see as much of Rukia's relationship with Ichigo because I made you skip it basically. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really the format of the show. I would say if you want to go back, you know, and watch the, in- the stuff between one and two, go for it. But, but really I wanted to give you like the essence of what it's trying to turn into with this. So, um, and I think it's right. going to actually, what you were, while you think the answer might be simple, it's actually way more complicated than you think. And I think that's what I'm excited for, for season three for you. Um, and also to those at home, we absolutely ran out of time on this episode. I'm not going to drag us through this whole section that had to get cut from the script. Right. But Sato or Chad, if you will, has this really uh, terrific uh, flashback backstory fight scene with who I kind of thought was like the Russell brand. Of, like, uh... <laughs> Honestly, Garrett, if you were a Shinigami, you would be the eighth captain. You hundred percent would be the eighth captain. Who's just like hanging out with like the most luscious robes and like, for some reason, a rice peddler hat. And just like, I don't want to fight, man. I know I'm stronger than you. Why do I, why do I got to do this, man? Yeah. Hey, and, hey, and he, hot, he, hot he, lieutenant, hot lieutenant, get over here so I can, so I can, you know, harass you. Oh, and drop roses on my entrance. Yeah, drop roses on my entrance. I was like, that, if Garrett, if there was like more Sanji energy that, that came out of the eighth captain, I think there was not. So yeah, yeah, we did skip over. But yeah, he's, he basically beats Chad. And I like that they brought up the like, well, apparently he got beat by the right guy because 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 Shinsui's not gonna like kill you. He's just gonna like be like, all right, well, I beat this one. I'm gonna take this one back and I'll send him to prison. You know, he's not yep. gonna be like a jerk about it like Byakuya would be. Mm-hmm. So what we're gonna do this right now is what we do every week, which is called the Weeb and Noob score. The Weeb and Noob score doesn't signify whether that the show is good or not. Uh, it just means like, should you keep watching from this point? I think for for Bleach, unlike like the other big threes, it's less about like rating whether you should watch one you know any of the big three but really like how did this hold your interest well how would you rate it in terms of like the overall scope for it like does this represent the best of what this property has to offer that kind of stuff i would say season two as opposed to season three which is a lot better i would give it a uh, a 7.5 to 8 i think uh there's a lot too much like running around and stuff like there's a lot too much like not stuff happening and it needs to kind of get there eventually. I don't really yep. care for the cannonball story. I don't really care for uh, and it also, as you said, it's kind of bum- a bummer that Rookie is depowered in this thing and you kind of like her. So, mm-hmm. but I promise you, like, it's the best arc because season three really hits 
the parts that I like about the okay. show. So what do you give your noob score for season two? Albeit I did uh, so show far you a seven. Yeah. So okay. far a seven. I, even though I gave you a Swiss cheese version of it. So, so explain it. Uh, well, as I sort of said before, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of running. There's yeah. a lot of chasing. There's yeah. a lot of trying to reach a goal. There's a yeah. lot of fighting. There's a lot of powering up. Uh, and even though they're trying to push forward, and make progress, I didn't feel like there was a ton of progress in a lot of the action. Right. So you think, oh, well, why didn't you give it lower than the seven? Well, because there was stuff I really dug. There was the beginning of the detective story and Captain mm-hmm. Azen and, and all of that. And then, as I mentioned at the end, there was like this backstory of learning why Chad and Ichigo are as tight uh, mm-hmm. a crew as they are and mm-hmm. all that stuff I found incredibly interesting and I I kind of see that I'm going to have to get through some of this building up uh, before we get into the meat of it right exactly and I think it's important to note those relationships it's important to note people the, people's whys uh, or their reasoning for why they do things and now that you know that it's going to set up to some real internal conflict on top of the fighting that you're going to see because there are a lot of dialogues that happen in shonen action scenes like there's a lot of talking that happens so it's good to kind of know the backstory beforehand and i agree with you it's it's slower moving they really stretched out this arc for two seasons which is 40 episodes but it's a good season series so i definitely say power through it um season three is better so um as we uh, go and enter into Soul Society and really tried our best to rescue Rukia, it's really important that we hear your thoughts. Is season two of Bleach a really good beginner to the Rukia rescue arc? Did you like it for its introduction of Shikai and Bankai? Or did you like it for its uh, funny, comedic, you know, one takes that you would get? Uh, let us know in the comments below because we want to keep the conversation going, especially for a uh, influential show such as Bleach. Please uh, follow us on all of our social media at weave underscore noob on Twitter, as well as uh, Instagram at Wamo Podcast. And also you can find us on our host site, anchor.fm slash Wamo Podcast, or anywhere your podcast is found. But when you do, make sure you give us a five, 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 five-star review to help people watch us. And uh, we really want to elevate the show and talk more about the shows that you all like. Before we close this chapter and we head out for the night, uh, Garrett, what are your final thoughts on Bleach Season 2? Uh, to quote Daryl Hammond playing Sean Connery on Celebrity Jeopardy, it's not the size of the sword, it's how you use it. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be calling on our Shikai, fighting Kimpachi to the death, using our step deck. All in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all. <laughs>